Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Peru is a country about which I've been curious for over 60 years, beginning when I first learned of the Inca Empire. Ten years later, the Peace Corps sent me to Peru as a volunteer for two years in 1964. Peru's current societies are windows into a world in which many Andean people live in the three adjoining countries of Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia. The complex societies which flourished in this region centuries before the Inca Empire was destroyed by the Spanish invaders in the 16th century are still very much a part of the lives of people whose homes and communities are located high in the Andes Mountains between 10,000 and 14,000 feet above sea level. Many still enjoy and celebrate the traditions rooted in the ancient cultures of their land. When Radio Curious visited Peru and Bolivia in the fall of 2015, we engaged in several conversations about ancient and current times in Peru. Edith Zapata, an independent, licensed Peruvian tour guide based in Cusco, Peru, is our guest in this program. Edith Zapata and I visited in the courtyard of a somewhat noisy guest hostel in Cusco, Peru, on November 10, 2015. We began our conversation with her description of the geological history of the Cusco Valley and moved forward in time to how some of the current leaders of the Catholic Church and some of the people of the greater Cusco area relate to each other. More than 70 million years ago, Pleistocene, Cusco was a lake. It was a huge lake that covered the area of Cusco Valley today and part of the southeast. So the first inhabitants after the lake, they noticed about the swamps. So they couldn't live down the valley. They lived just in the high places. Edith, the location of Cusco is integral into the Inca Empire. Could you describe why? Cusco was an important settlement for different people, not only Incas. Thousand years before Christ, in Cusco set two important pre-Inca cultures. One, Marcavalle, southwest Cusco. The other one, Chanapata, northeast Cusco, 800 years before Christ, Chanapata, Marca Valle, 1,000 years before Christ. Evidences about Chanapata prove that there were a small group of people trying to start with agriculture that was mainly ceramic. Their pottery was so simple. Marca Valle was the same thing, but they developed more the agriculture than pottery. They worship the Mother Earth. And they represent symbols that represent that in a female figure. I mentioned about the Wari people, Prinka people, they were warriors. They expanded through the Peruvian territory. Finally, they arrived to the southeast, Cusco, by the 700 years after Christ. For about 300 years, they established 
their own territory close to the valley of Cusco. Their temples were just far away from the Cusco Valley in a high place. And they protected the territory with a huge wall, a kind of fortress, just to stop the enemies coming to the area. For about 300 years, they controlled the Cusco Valley and the area. But there were a group of people living around Cusco after the Chanapata or Marcavalle. Their names, Lucre, Quilque, Cota Calle. They developed the agriculture, pottery, and a few ceremonial places. They didn't accept the domination of Guari people, and they did a confederation, and they chose a leader. The name of that leader was Inga. Inga means leader, important person. He was the one that organized the people between the Quilques Lucres. There were many thousands of them, and fought with Waris. Wari lost the battle. This is the beginning of the Incas or Incas in Cusco. What year would this be? That was by the 1100 after Christ. So 1100 we consider the beginning of the Incas in Cusco. The reason why Cusco was the capital is because the location. Cusco is located just in the most important area and is the access to the main places, going to the rainforest, going to the Altiplano, going to the coast and the central sierra. That was the main reason why they considered Cusco as the center of everything. The first name of the city was Cusco. Cusco means navel or center, navel of the earth. So Cusco was the center of everything, was the main place where they built the capital with important ceremonial places, like Coricanchas and Temple. So Cusco was built just for the leaders, elite. They built their temples, the ones we call canchas, where houses for over two or three blocks, over 100 families living in one cancha. There were ceremonial places that they built in honor to the sun and the natural phenomena. They canalized at the rivers. They build the retaining walls to control of the erosion of the earth, and they plant the trees to stop the erosion of the earth and create marker climates. Means that 1100 and 1200, Cusco was an important area for everything. And also they built important temples outside, up the hills, facing the cardinal points. You can see that outside Cusco in the famous place we call Sacred Valley of the Incas. Sacred Valley of the Incas is the most important place today because the agriculture. 1500 was important because the borders to the rainforest and the borders to the mountains and the coast. So the reasons why the Incas built the temples and administrative places up the hills, first to control to stop the enemies coming from different areas. Second, to be close to the mountains, close to the astros, to be safe from the natural phenomena. So the Incas, we call them the synthesis of the Andean culture because they spread their temples, their administrative places far away to the mountains and they were connected through Inca trails. And the, what was the distance, the north, south, east, west points? 
that you speak of. When they start the expansion of that, they named the territory Tawantin Suyo, Tawang for Suyo regions, which capital was Cusco. So there were lines, imaginary lines we call seques. Every 20 kilometers there was a huaca, sacred place. Every 50 kilometers there was a tambo, tambo storage place. And they were connected by Inca trails, roads. That was around Cusco. But the Tahuantinsuyo was far away from Cusco, going to the north, going to the south, east, and west. Nowadays, South America, that is part of Bolivia, Argentina, Chile, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, through the Pacific Ocean, finally they went to Venezuela. What were the distances from uh, the center of Cusco to the extremes of the Inca Empire? Over 1,000 kilometers. According to the archaeologists, uh, anthropologists, and people that make studies about the Inca trails, they noticed that there were about 40,000 kilometers of Inca trails in all Tahuantinsuyo, means part of South America today. 40,000 kilometers. 40,000 kilometers would be approximately 24,000 24, miles. miles yeah. Between 14 and 1500 was the consolidation of the empire with one leader, Pacha Kutek. After him was Huayna Capac. He has two sons. One was Huascar, he was the leader in Cusco, and the other one was Atahualpa, he was the leader in Cajamarca. Ida Zapata, let's move on to what happened to the Inca Empire at the time that uh, the person who has been called the conqueror mm -hmm. of the Incas, uh, Francisco Pizarro, if you could describe in a few words the kind of person or the background that Pizarro was, and then the circumstances of what were existing within the Inca Empire at the time when he came here. Atahualpa, he didn't accept that his father gave the power Cusco to Huascar, and he decided to fight with his brother for about six years. He started the, the fighting 1526 until 1532. He considered that he was the only one that can control the nature, talk with the astros, talk with the mountains. About Pizarro, Pizarro was born in Trujillo de Extremadura. In Spain? In Spain. And he was just um, a shepherd. Uh, he used to live in a farm. He was poor. So when he was in jail, the, the queen and the king of Spain just uh, went to the jails and get people that uh, were able to explore a new world, a new area that nobody knew. They were afraid about the monsters, about the sea and different things, the histories that they learned. But Pizarro was a man that was ready to do everything. So he accepted. When he arrived to Peru, he already knew about the, the big treasures. So because in Spain with Cristobal Columbus, they already knew about the people living on that side of the continent, and they told that to the king in Spain. So they already knew about the treasures of the new people living in that area. And the area that you speak of is the uh, Caribbean Sea. Yes, yes. So uh, the name of Peru for that time was the Viru, because there was a group of people living there, called themselves the Viru. Viru means the richest place. 
So they already knew about the virus, and they were looking for that places for gold. The empire was weaker for that time because the two brothers were fighting for a long time, and they divided the empire. There were a group of people on the south, Cusco, agree with Huascar, and most people living on the north, Ecuador, and in northern Peru, would agree with Atahualpa. So they were fighting for a long time. By the time that Pizarro came, he was lucky. He just took advantage of that. He just uh, knew about the civil war, and he just knew about the treasures he saw for the time. He already knew about the capital, Costco. He knew about the festivals and the important things that they did, and he used that. Pizarro started just killing them. At the beginning of the conquest, they just uh, started killing them because they didn't accept the religion. And they accused them to be demons. So they accused them to sacrifice human beings because they used the black magic. And they start killing them in the name of the religion. In this edition of Radio Curious, recorded in the balcony of a rather noisy hotel in the city of Cusco, Peru, at 11,000 feet, we're visiting with Ida Zapata, an experienced tour guide uh, within the regions around Cusco, uh, the areas that were specifically related to the Inca Empire, including Machu Picchu, and areas connected to the larger Inca Empire, of which Cusco was the capital. So let's jump ahead now, almost 600 years, to 2015. There are still many aspects of the Inca Quechua culture that have been integrated into the Roman Catholic culture. Peru is a country where almost 99% of the people uh, are Roman Catholic. What is the integration, uh, as you observe it to be, of the Quechua or the Inca culture with the Roman Catholic culture now, here in, in 2015 in Cusco? For that time, the religion was really important. In the name of the religion, they respect the nature, and we're trying to continue that. There is a good aspect, in my opinion, about the conquest, is that they mix, they unify both religions. They Finally, they left that the native people mix their religion with a new one, and still today we continue doing that. We Peruvians, mainly the Sierra people, people that live in Cusco, or the Quechuas, continues with the ceremonies. So we go to the church, but not necessarily we must be Catholic people in 100%. So we are Andean people, we are Quechua people, but our religion is a mix. So when we go to the cathedral, not necessarily we must pray or cry in front of the image of Jesus Christ or Virgin Mary. The idea is that to join both. For us, Virgin Mary is the Mother Earth. Jesus Christ is the Mother Earth. So when we ask them for a miracle or help, we think about Mother Earth too. So we go first to the church, then we climb the mountains and we find a place with earth, with soil. We drop some water or we just play some sweets, some coca leaves, some candies. Because for us, everything is related with that. So we think everything around human beings, animals, plants, earth, energy and that energy is life so for me I understand 
that the religion is dead. But most Peruvians, 90% is Catholic. Peruvians from the coast, from the north, just few of them consider that. They don't accept that the earth is part of the religion, or Virgin Mary is part of Pachamama, Mother Earth. They consider that they must respect the Bible and the things that says on the Bible. Sometimes the people go to the church thinking about that, thinking about the good things or bad things that they did. And they just cry. After that, they continue doing the same things. didn't change. There is no change. So they don't change uh, trying to preserve the nature, the natural environment, or teaching the people how to respect, how to do different things. But in Cusco, we do that. Or in the Sierra, farmers. Sometimes the people consider the farmers as good people or bad people because the things that they do. Sometimes they don't agree with them because they are ideology. But if we talk with them, we can understand the, the way of thinking of that people. They don't think about the future. They think about today, right now. Everything, you must do it right now. That's something like uh, the commercialism uh, and the corporate enterprise that is expanding throughout the world. Yeah. Let's talk about the finances and the money that the Catholic Church has here in Cusco mm. in relationship to how it is spent or not spent for the benefit of the people. You know one thing, in the name of the religion, everything is possible. It's mainly in Peru or most places in South America. In my opinion, the church few times do good things with some people, but most of the time they use the money that they get from the rents, from the people, for themselves. Corruption is not only between the politicians, the corruption is also with the church. When I was working as a tour guide in the museum, Santa Catalina Museum, long time ago, I saw how the nuns get money, get uh, things from different institutions, Peru or different countries. They gave them money or they gave them food to distribute between the poor people or the, the children around Cusco. I saw how Sonians gave the food to their families or relatives, didn't use the food for cooking or to feed the children or the orphans or the poor people walking around the city. That was over 10 years ago. After that, I changed my opinion about the church. What is your opinion at this time? At this time, I respect them. I respect because this is the way how I learn at home. But I don't trust them. I don't trust... What is the lack of trust that you... If they teach you something, for example, you must follow the, the word of Jesus the way how he lives, the things that he did. If you do that with your friend, with your family, you can be a better person. But they can teach that to us, but they don't do that. So they just pretend to be a good people. But not all of them. So. One of the issues of the Catholic Church that we have visited on Radio Curious includes mistreatment and molestation of children. Oh, 
What do you know about that going on here in, in Cusco and in Peru? There is one thing. To become a priest, they don't make you a test, a psychological test. Anybody could be a priest. It doesn't matter. It's poor, it's rich. Uh, it's not like a normal person. We study at the university, we study career. Sometimes to be a professional, if you want to work in an office, something, they test you. They test you if you are okay in your mind, this or that. But about them, I noticed that not. They sometimes look like they are good people. Not all of them. I don't mean that. You're, and you're talking about the priest. Yes, now. the priest. Yes. I don't say that all of them are the same way. But nowadays we can see that in Cusco, in the mountains or Lima, there are people that abuse of the children's abuse of children, abuse of uh, women, and they can't say nothing because they trust them. So most families trust them. They say, no, it's okay, it's nothing. They consider that the children are lying. So when the children try to talk to them, and I suffer this, they do this to me, the mother of the family says no, because they are ignorant and they trust with the religion. So for example, in Cusco, talking about Cusco, talking about the money, the churches, the money that they get, they use just for bad things, buying things that they don't use just for themselves. Do you have any uh, experience or thoughts about children who have been abused and how this abuse affects them later on in life? Um, I just heard when I was working two years ago in the hospital. I was working, uh, I did everything, so I was working selling candies. <laughs> Uh, I close to emergency. I, that's a poor hospital. So uh, there were people that told me that sometimes in the mountains, in the name of the religion, didn't change their ideology. It's just the concept is one. And sometimes when they feed the children, when they didn't have the, the money or the things to buy milk or food for the babies, they feed them with chicha. Chicha is a drink, it's a fermented drink that has 2% of alcohol. A baby less than one year drinking this makes them sleeping all day. And uh, also they told me that the incest abuse but was not for the, the priest. It was just in the community, but the father, the priest from the community didn't do anything. So when they told the priest, the priest says, okay, you must forgive, you must pray, you must do that, or continue praying, you must... that they didn't go to the police station. Would the police have helped? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. In our country, it's really hard to trust um, with the police people. If you don't have a name, if you don't have the money, it's really hard to do something like that. Well, Lina Zapata, I want to thank you for joining us on Radio Curious here in Cusco, Peru, in a rather noisy courtyard. <laughs> and before we close, I'd like to ask you uh, several questions uh, about you. Mm -hmm. One of them being, um, could you share with us an experience, a, a eureka moment uh, that changed your life and, and how you live now? Uh, that was five years ago. I used to work as a tour guide, but not much. It was once or twice a month. Uh, I used to have a store selling baby clothes. Uh, one day, that was March, 
24th, my mother called me and told me that my brother was sick. I thought, oh no, he was drinking again and he's just bothering the family. That was by seven at night. One hour later, I went home and my brother died. He has an accident at home. That changed my life because early in the morning, we fight and we saw one each other 100 meters and we didn't say goodbye. We just look each other. That's the reason why my life changed because at night I saw him dead. And after one month, I knew that why I was pregnant. So by the time my brother died, I get pregnant. My son has five years old. After that, I changed my point of view because before that, sometimes when I fight with someone, I didn't talk with that person, with my sister or with my mother or friends for days or hours. But now, no. When I fight, I try to talk with the people. I try to think about the bad things I do. So uh, my life changed in my way of thinking about the world of everything. I live the time, I live the moment. Sometimes I get nervous, I get anxious because I don't get the things I, I want. Now I visit the people, I call the people, I just try to spend my time with people. And Edith uh, Zapata, what would you like to do with the rest of your one precious life? Uh, I want to live as a normal person, having all the things that makes me feel happy. Continuous working as a tour guide is the only way I feel happy. I love to share my time with people. And finally, Edith Zapata, is there a book that you could recommend to our listeners? More than a book, it's just a movie I saw a long time ago. It's just uh, with Will Smith in search of the happiness. It's just the way how he passed different stages of the life just became the great man that he is now. That's the reason of the life of one person. Edith Zapata, thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me. Edith Zapata is a licensed independent Peruvian tour guide based in Cusco, Peru. You may contact her by email at ezv27 at hotmail.com. That's ezv27 at hotmail.com. This interview was recorded in Cusco, Peru on November 10th, 2015. Radio Curious has over 600 archive editions on our website, radiocurious.org, with new editions published regularly. You may stream, download, subscribe to our podcast service, and share them as you wish. They're all free. We appreciate your thoughts, ideas, and comments about our programs and enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The phone is 707-462-6541, and the address is 280 North Oak Street, Ukiah, U-K-I-A-H, California, 
1-800-795-9482. Christina Onestead and Yuko Kodama are the assistant producers. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.